a movie that helped us realize that we have absolutely no idea what a coroner actually does. Jamie, yeah. let's go watch Night Shift. It's not a horror movie. It just has the title of one. Welcome to another episode of Good Times Great Movies. We're an 80s movie podcast, and every other week we watch a movie from the 80s, and then we talk about that movie. And we did. My name's Doug McCambridge. I'm one of your two hosts, mm-hmm. and with me, as always, in a fur coat, pretty much all the time. Yeah, my bad perm. But, all right, okay. Do we have to drag Shelly along already? We haven't even started talking about the movie. <laughs> Her hair's not good. Shelley Long does not play a good prostitute. I'm just going to come out and I'm going to say it. I am not buying her as a prostitute. She's Henry Winkler's prostitute, though. She's a perfect prostitute for Henry Winkler. uh, Yeah, no, that... that, (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And I'm I'm starting to think, like, because we sort of... I didn't really grow up with Happy Days. It was on when I was like... A real little oh, kid, but I didn't watch okay. it. But I know that everyone knows him as the Fonz, but I mostly yeah. know him like from his later you know, bit parts in movies. And I feel like this is the character he plays all the time. <laughs> like kind this of a schlubby dude. He's never cool outside of Happy Days, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that he was. Well, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't follow his body of work as much. All I can think of right now is the water boy. And that's kind of sad. Like if that's all I can think of is the water boy and happy days. Didn't he direct some stuff too? Wasn't he, didn't he dabble his foot in some behind the camera magic? Maybe he directed something. I believe that we covered and we were amazed. It was directed by him, but I can't remember. Look at us. Look at us. Chronicling our chronicling. Mm -hmm. Chronicling. (laughs) Jamie, I think what I should be fired from my own goddamn podcast right now. Yeah, why? You... What, what was it? I'm so embarrassed I did not know he directed this movie. <laughs> a Smoky Mountain Christmas! A Smoky oh! Mountain Christmas! Oh, you should hang your head in shame. I am so upset. Oh, you have a have a real love affair with that movie. I don't even and want to... to talk about this anymore. I'm yeah, so embarrassed. I... I think you should. I think you should shit your pants <laughs> if you haven't already. If I, I should do it now as yeah, punishment yeah. to myself. <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Would you rate that as one of your top, like, definitely top yeah. five? Oh movies yeah, yeah. That we've done. Oh, definitely top five movies no that hesitation. we've done. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's that. There's Sleepaway Camp. Maybe yeah. Cat People. The more I think about it, and then <laughs> we could figure out the other two. I'm not so sure. We got to take you to Dollywood. You got. You gotta see. I don't know. That's where... I, I'm just. I'm afraid. Like I'm afraid. I don't want anything to ruin this, for me. I don't think it. Would. Okay. I right, think it great. would just. I think it would just enliven and heighten it uh-huh. all the more. All right. Yeah, because it's it's her. They they're her actual um, cabin. Right. Yes. She grew I up would in be thrown out of Dollywood for like going into that cabin and like trying to sleep in the beds and stuff, which well, yeah, I assume you're would... not allowed to do. No, 
know, but they have velvet ropes up in Dollywood. So <laughs> don't like use her rotary phone or anything. <laughs> they didn't even have. All right, all right, we're off topic already. We're we're Smoky Mountain Christmas, and that's not where we need to be. I mean, guess we do. That's where I need to be. I want to meet a witch. You do. <laughs> You want Christmas to come to you and the five kids squished together. And was it five of them or six of them? I, I think still it was five. remember watching that going, I had no idea this was going to be like a Snow White story. Like I, that was the most shocking thing about that to me was that it was a Snow White story with Dolly Parton. It was Parton. a Christmas fairy tale. A Christmas fairy tale and with a little Dolly Parton singing along. homeless children, one of which was on Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> We're not here to talk about this. No, but you can. You want oh, to. Yes, I do. Not that I listen. I'll talk about night shift. I don't, I don't yeah, have anything what really negative have to planned. say about it. But but if given the opportunity, oh boy, will you talk about Parton's Smoky Mountain? Not in it. <laughs> no, but she would have made a better, an interesting choice for the prostitute. I think Lace is still messing with us a little bit. I think maybe. <laughs> Shake off that Lace. I just want to smoke a cigarette and. Talking a terrible accent for the whole podcast. That's what, you know what this movie needed? Accents. I didn't know where we were. Were we in New York? I were we in we Chicago? Were. were we in yeah. L.A.? We Don't were in know. a city. We were in a city. Okay. I think it was New York. That narrows it down. Based on uh, her... Minneapolis. Done. No, based on the fact that she was eating that bag of bagels. That's one giveaway. Because you don't eat bagels out of the bag like that unless you're in New York. Didn't Plus, I that. think... Yeah, we were in New York. Okay, all right. You yeah. seem very sure of yourself. I I don't know where else it would be. Um, it, they appeared to only be able to shoot at night, like only had permits to shoot at night. Night shift, titular. Oh, were you excited at the amount of times night shift was spoken by characters oh, in yeah. the first two minutes of this movie? <laughs> and there's even a song. There's a, there is even a, a titular song, yeah. All right, okay, let's get into all it. Right, because let's just get we into are, it. We are here to talk about night shift from... Yes. 1982, directed by Ronnie Mr. Howard, who um, he directed something else that we talked about, right? He directed Gung Ho. He did. It's another Michael Keaton feature. Another Michael Keaton joint, mm-hmm. which I feel like Ron Howard movies, and I don't, I, I guess I don't know a lot of Ron Howard movies. Like there's Backdraft, and then he did a lot of other ones that I'm not sure of. This and Gung Ho have a very similar feel to them. They're very. I mean, this is about prostitution and has many, many naked ladies, especially near the end. What a weird thing for this movie to backload with naked women. Uh, let's just, we need boobs. We didn't have enough boobs in here. Yeah, yeah it's almost like they got to a point where like, ah, oh, we forgot. <laughs> Sometimes women get naked if they're prostitutes. But for, for a movie like this, it seemed like this is rated PG, right? Like the whole time through this, I'm like, oh, yeah. I know they're talking about prostitution, but there's nothing really scandalous happening scene to scene. They're not cursing a whole lot at all. No, no. And I feel like it's just a feel-good movie. Like, by the end, it's just like, yeah, everything's going to work out fine. Like, this is a Ron Howard. This is his thing. Like, everything... Maybe he got edgier later, I'm not sure, but it just feels like he's bringing a little happy days to this. It's like, like the Funfetti cake. It's like, you know how, like, the Funfetti cake with the sprinkles and the... It's vanilla, and it's it's more... It's better than just a plain vanilla cake, because it's the Funfetti cake. And you know everyone's going to be like, yay, it's the Funfetti cake. Okay. We're going to enjoy this. But it's not like a, like a chocolate mousse cake. No, 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 no. Or... And all the, all the Funfetti colors had, like, 
sunk to the bottom of the cake too those Ooh. are the boobs they're all yeah. the way at the bottom there. so <laughs> you're eating boobs. through this thing you're like this is okay and then oh this is what oh, i'm here for this I is forgot. it right right yeah i yeah. forgot it said funfetti on the box <laughs> next time i gotta mix it up a little better silly i forgot me. it was called night shift which sounds like a horror movie can i just say like that yeah. it has a horror movie title to it well and it was interesting so it's night shift and there's their their partners but they're police coroners? Is that their, their job? Hey, what a great question. Because <laughs> I don't know what their jobs are. Because I'm like, do they perform autopsies? He, like, he's not a That's... doctor. But it's but they have to pick up bodies at the scene? That doesn't... Only the first time. Only in the beginning do they pick up the body. There's no other times we see them. No, but they have a hearse. As yeah. though a hearse is a thing that coroners have and i'm like no those are people in funeral homes i think and also don't paramedics pick up dead bodies at the scene and like they have to take i don't understand because it doesn't seem as though henry winkler needs any sort of medical training for this job he worked on wall street he said yeah yeah and then he gave that up because he'd rather do this right and michael keaton who would hire him I don't oh. know what that interview process was like. Like, <laughs> oh, you're clearly a deranged lunatic who cannot interact with humans. So we'll give you the night shift with the coroner. You'll, you'll be his partner. Because he needs a partner. He needs someone else to, I guess, drive the hearse around. I, uh, again, I don't, they don't work at their job they, very much. No, they don't work. Mm-hmm. And I, again, am just unsure of what their job is. I think they're city coroners. I think that's what they are. But what but does a don't... coroner do? A coroner doesn't... Does a coroner do autopsies? I thought so. So did I. <laughs> okay. At first, I think I tried to write... This will tell you. Because I, I couldn't think of the word coroner. So yeah. I wrote autopsyist. Uh-huh. But that's no, what he was. <laughs> and then I was like, no, no, no. That's not right. That's not a real thing. Uh, um but, Jamie, if you had gone in for a job interview at this place and said, I'm here to be an autopsyist, these people would probably hire you. I could have been the day shift. And what's with their little meat locker thing that's all wood paneled? Like, I was like, shouldn't this all be metal and I know. sterile? And I know. And it looks so comfortable. Very Yes, it was, it was. It was wood paneled and it was, yeah, I was confused. And I thought that usually, and now I don't know. But I thought usually they were in the basement of the, speaking of basements, I thought they were in the basement of maybe the police department, if that's where they're located. But they seem to have their own sort of corner office of the precinct. I didn't even know they were associated with the police department, because I don't think you should have frat parties if you're sharing a a rental space with the police department. It's definitely let us know that it was a movie, that it wasn't based on real life. I mean... As I said earlier, before we started recording... This is not the documentary that I thought it was no, going to be. No, you're not learning about the art of prostitution. The art of prostitution. Do you know that people get there are people that get very upset if you say prostitution? Now? Well, didn't they see how Michael Keaton wrote it out on the chalkboard and <laughs> I know. divide? You would figure <laughs> the word apart. I like he's like pros. That's like Greek for positive and tit. We all know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and Ushin, we don't need that part. I forget how he did it, but. Um, no, I didn't know that people yeah. will get offended by the people word prostitution. Na- yeah, oh, because it's what is it? Sex, sex worker? workers. Mm. Which to me 
Sounds a little trashier. I gotta, I gotta say, sex worker sounds trashier. Prostitute sounds more of like a regal. Like it sounds a little classier. And yeah. also, I always thought sex worker was just like you were lumped in. Like prostitutes and porn stars were all sex workers. Oh, and I feel yeah. like wouldn't you want to like distinguish yourself a little? Yeah. I don't know. Jamie, I say we bring it back. I say we bring back the word prostitution. Why? I want to know what, what they have against it. I don't know. Because it is like from the... Well, I mean, Michael Keaton was kind of right. I think you do break it down into yeah. two Greek words. And none of them are like whore or whatever. So well, I don't it, think it's bad. So whore and slut, that's not going to work. Probably not. Okay. Plus, sex whore worker. is prostitute. Slut is not. That's very oh, different. Oh, I guess that's true. A slut is just someone that does it because she yeah, likes Jamie, it. Yeah, anyone but can But the be a whore slut. does it for money. Right. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. Me too. <laughs> and that's, that's some info from Good Times Great Movies that mm-hmm. maybe you didn't know. Maybe you did. Maybe you have a different uh, idea of a slut versus a whore versus a prostitute versus a sex worker. And maybe you'd like to share that idea. Perhaps you wrote a dissertation or something. Maybe you can link us to your YouTube channel where you talk about it. Where you dissertate about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Are we avoiding talking about night shifts? I'm really unsure right now. No, we're just All right. skipping around it. All right, here oh, we go. Oh, and we do have to say this is a uh, patron-requested episode. Oh, Aaron. yeah. Aaron. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You want us to talk about it. You said it's not great, but you'd really like to hear our views on it. Is so. that what Aaron said? That it's not great? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much like, you know, it's not the best. It's not Shakespeare. It's not Citizen Kane. It's, well, it say- wasn't like, I don't really like this, but whatever. That's not really okay. What the she was just was. saying like this isn't like a masterpiece, but it's worth your watch and it'll fit because it does. I would say again like a funfetti cake. It sort of fits what oh the good times, great movies. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna keep that analogy going through this whole podcast. I'm gonna try to pull it in anywhere I can. Okay. Maybe I'm having a little craving for funfetti cake. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not um, sure. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but I, I hadn't seen it. I don't know if you No, had. I hadn't either. I'd never no. seen it. And I think part of that was it was 82. So around mm-hmm. 82, I was not, I was we too young to watch movies about young. prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel as like As much my parents, as your parents were like, you better pay attention to this. And you kept falling asleep. You were like, oh, I'm good. like I'm I three my years nap. old. I can't. I listen, can't. I, I need to take frequent naps. I'll get to the frat party later when I yeah. wake up. I do like Michael Keaton. And so oh, who doesn't? I, I, I don't... Yeah. Listen, I have no problem with anybody that's in this movie. Not I, a problem I, with anyone. No. What about that Richard Belzer you guy? Wanna get, you want to throw Richard <laughs> Belzer in a movie that isn't fame? Sure, go right ahead. You want to put a gun in his hand and people from L.A. Law were like, no, not L.A. Law. Law and no, Order. No, Law and Order. Yeah, yeah, we're like, oh, this comedian with a gun, I have an idea for something yeah. about 15 years from now. I like how he sandwiches the movie, too. He's at the beginning yes. and he's at the end. We don't see him in between. No. And speaking of, in the beginning, <clears throat> we see a pimp with a great coat and cowboy boots. We all know that the pimps wear the hats and the coats. I didn't know about the footwear, but this pimp in particular that we're following in the beginning has a snazzy pair of cowboy boots. Not and great for running, I'm no, going to just say. No, not if you're going to be a pimp on the run, but I assume the pimps don't generally do the running. They, you know, they're a little more... No. Unless you're chased by Richard Belzer, who plays, I'm not sure why he's chasing these pimps down, 
I'm not even 100% sure. It's never fully explained because we always cut away to Michael Keaton when stuff yeah. is kind of being explained. I think, so I think what's happening is that it's, it's um, another pimp. Like they're, they're infringing on each other's pimp business. So oh. That's why this pimp has to go. So Belzer and, and Richard and this, he's with another gentleman. I thought it was a, I thought pimp. it was a, a mafia sort of thing. Like a, this oh. is our town. Because when they talk to Henry Winkler later, mm. they're like, hey, if you would have come to us earlier, we could have worked something Maybe. out. So I thought Maybe. it was and a... And they do drive a Cadillac, very mafia. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought it was a, hey, we will allow you to do business in our area so long as we get a certain percentage and, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that might be right. That right. Whatever it is, they want a cut of it. That's why I thought maybe it was like dueling um, um, pimps. But maybe you're right. Maybe it's more mafia-based. I also like to think that um, Tarantino saw the beginning and this pairing of Richard Belzer with some black guy. And that's when he had the idea of John Travolta and uh, what's his name for, or for uh, Pulp Fiction because yeah. uh-huh. uh-huh. they are like they're dressed kind of nice and it's just you know they're chasing people down and taking care of business and all that so yeah 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 it was it was pretty great because what I love about this is you see this guy running and he's being yeah. chased mm-hmm. and then you see two kids adults one guy oh. one woman I'm not the- sure Play um, basketball? They're, they're, yeah, they're not quite adults, but they're not little kids. Okay. All right. And yeah, um, he, she, they, I don't know the pronoun they would use, but. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring up the prostitution <laughs> thing and get us all <laughs> thrown off into using <laughs> pronouns. I wasn't sure. I knew the one guy was a guy, but then I was like, oh, is he playing basketball with like his sister or something? I wasn't sure. Well, we don't see them again, but they are playing basketball. And, well, uh, we do see them after the incident at the beginning of this. After the incident. Well, after okay, so this guy runs up to his apartment. He thinks he is He's free and clear. clear. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no way that Richard Belzer, who was way behind him, could have right. possibly come up to his apartment and turned off the lights and hid while he was clearly making his way there. But when he turns on the lights, of course, Richard Belzer and partner are there, mm-hmm. and they throw him out a window. That's and then he slow-mo falls. Oh, it's really great. Yeah. 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 And that's when I kind of thought, and I don't know if it was like a scared thought or an excited thought oh. because of um, Jumpin' Jack Flash when I was like, oh no, is this going to be a bunch of comedians in like a life or death oh. movie? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really thought that's what I was in for. And I was like, maybe this movie's more edgy than I thought it was going to no. be. Yeah. But what I thought was funny about this is this guy falls out the window and then is killed. And then he cuts back to these two basketball players. And the one guy says, I was right, pay up. And I was like, did they bet that he would be murdered or thrown out a window? Or what was this bet that they made when this I guy think it, I think because before the body falls in, doesn't he make the, the, doesn't he make the hoop? What do you call yeah. it in basketball? <laughs> Make yeah, but the I, shot? Wait, you thought they were betting on that. I thought they were betting on whether this guy was going to be killed. Because it's think... after he ki- he's killed and they watch it that he's like, pay up. Yeah, you uh, might, you might be right. right. You might be right. Maybe a little bit of both. Mm. I bet I'll make this shot and then that pimp gets killed. <laughs> No, not if both of those things can happen. Oh, yeah? Well, watch. Yeah, his sister's like, what are the odds of both of those things happening? I mean, maybe he can make this shot, but there's no way that random guy that we just saw is going to be thrown out a window. 
and fall into the hoop. Amazing. Mm. Little does she know her brother is an informant for the mafia, and he called ahead. He knew. He was like, yeah, he's on his way home, and I'm going to make a bet with my sister and win five bucks. So Um, this is the first point in my notes. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Where I wrote, I am all in on this movie. Oh. I was all in. Like, this is a... This opening let you know I this, can do this. Yep, this is a yeah. cold opening. And I was like, whoa, young Ron Howard doing some edgy stuff right out of the gate. And this movie's about prostitution and a morgue. I cannot wait to see where You're this You're buckled goes. in. You're ready to yes. go. We get our titular song, Night Shift, for the opening credits. I was in for that. Here's another thing. This song started. Mm-hmm. And I immediately, I was like, this sounds like Harden My Heart. <laughs> it, it sounded just like it. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, you're right. You want hard my heart. And I was like, this is insane. I was like, Quarter Flash has a uh, lawsuit on their hands and everything. And then the credits roll. It's Quarter Flash singing this theme song. They just have one beat that they like to drop. Yes, I was like, this is, why would you rip off your own song for another song? <laughs> it was really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, the music in this is wild. Oh, yeah. We will get into That's What Friends Are For later, but I could not believe how much that is played. How overused it is, yeah. After our credits, we get to meet our our Shelley Long. Mm-hmm. Belinda, are you going to use their names or are you going to use their actor names? i got to use their actor names. I'm sorry. Right. You can use well, Belinda. Listen, if you say Belinda, Belinda, I'm not going to be confused as to who okay. you're talking about. There's one woman in There's this There's only movie. one, yeah. She is Belinda. He is Chuck, and she's a sassy little prostitute. Yeah. When the guy says, you know, do you know him, this guy, she goes, yeah, he's my Avon lady. Um, um, I'm sorry, Jamie, did you say, do you know this guy, or did you say, do you know this guy, Franklin Delano Roosevelt? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was his name, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. It's a great pimp name. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I like how she's all sassy about, yeah, he's my Avon lady, blah, blah, blah. And she's basically just there to identify a body. And the cop that's there is talking to Henry Winkler. And he's like, are we going to believe her? She's just a whore. And I'm like, yeah. dude, first of all, calm down. Second of all, she just identified the body. Like, that's all you brought it in here for. And she doesn't look like a, she, she's not like a cracked out prostitute. No. She's pretty much put together. She's got a nice apartment in the same apartment building as Henry Winkler, we find out. Is that her apartment or is that that cowboy's apartment? No, it was her apartment. Uh, you did get the pimp's name, and that's amazing. I, I did. <laughs> I also wrote down that the, the, the cops said something like, I hope he's having fun in pimp heaven. <laughs> it was like, pimp heaven. <laughs> That sounds horrible, first of all. That's the cop, the the the, the mean guy that yes. was mean to her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, Winkler's not, though. Winkler is very sensitive, or Chuck is his name. Chuck is very sensitive to her, and is like, she's just a woman. She's just doing her job here. Um, I don't know. What makes him show? I like the ongoing joke. This poor actress who plays his wife, who is supposed <laughs> to be this fat, ugly woman, and she's not. She's a fine-looking no. woman, and she's not at all uh, overweight. For a but, hot second, I thought it was Karen Allen. Just just for one oh, second, I was like, oh, it's Indiana Jones' girlfriend. But I was like, no, that's not her. No. Um, I did notice, I did... This woman looked kind of familiar, and I'm not saying this is where I knew her from, but I looked through IMDb, and the only thing that stuck out is on a handful of episodes of Seinfeld, she played George's therapist. Oh. And the moment I remembered those episodes and stuff, how he had that jacket and he couldn't 
get it unzipped and she was screaming at him while he was trying to unzip it and all that stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, that's who that's who that woman is. Yeah, but you're yeah. right. No, she's not overweight. She's she's also not like overbearing or uh, a horrible nag or just a horrible oh, person. She's but but she, but I mean, there there th- she has issues. There's, yeah, she's got no some question. issues and they their relationship. But but like in this in this scene, he shows a picture of his wife. He says, "Oh, I have a fiance." Oh, because this is when um, Belinda brings up, "You look familiar. Why are you familiar?" And he kind of gets startled. Henry Winkler, or Chuck does, and he's like, "I I don't I don't need no. I don't need your services. I have look. This is my fiance." And he says right away, "It's not a great picture of her. She's got a lot of water weight in this picture." <laughs> and then even later, um, when Billy Blaze looks at the picture of his wife, he goes, "Yeah, that's a nice frame." He doesn't say like, "Oh, your it's wife's like, attractive," or she's crazy. I know it was crazy because I was like, "What's what's wrong with this lady?" I know. Like, she's later, not. I'm like, what's wrong with her? But there are some funny things about her constantly wanting to lose weight and everything right. like that. Like it's it's a funny little thing, and also in a movie like this, and not to jump too far ahead, in a movie like this, you know that you have to break these two up. Like you, right? So you, you know that he and Shelley Long are going to end up together, so you have to break them up. And a lot of times in movies, they do it in like a horrible way where you're like, that was pretty terrible, this character to like break it off or whatever. Right. This one didn't seem bad because I was like, he was arrested for being a pimp. Like, I yeah. totally understand why she would probably break off this engagement. Like, it felt, it was good. They didn't paint her to be as horrible a person as I think they could No, have they, they just gave to. her some neurosis and <laughs> some hangups and... Even those were funny. Um, her yeah. hangups, her bedroom hangups were great. I, yeah. When he had to check the apartment to see if there was anybody there, I loved that. I also loved how when she was in the bathroom, she's like, I'm fat, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, Why don't you run to bed? You could burn a few <laughs> calories. And then I thought they'd live together, but they don't. That's what I thought too. Yeah. yeah. Cause, when, and then. She- when Shelly Long's making breakfast, I'm like, she's she could walk in the door yeah, in a second any minute, now. Yeah, right. Like, we gotta make breakfast doing? for all three. What's happening? Yeah. But they have a little conversation while she's mm-hmm. on her exercise bike. And all oh that. yeah, that crazy exercise bike. Yes. Him and his fiance mm-hmm. have a little conversation, and she's she's on this one of those weird exercise bikes where it moves the arms and the legs mm-hmm. at the same time, and she's wearing which I remember this it was a thing where you would wear like these full not a sweatsuit it was almost like this like trash bag material that she was wearing to help her sweat it out, I guess. Yeah, like a track suit made out of stitched together garbage bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to help her sweat it out, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they have a conversation. This is when we're getting to see how neurotic she is about losing weight. They have a wedding planned. There's not much planning we see about that wedding, and as we said, that doesn't come to fruition. But the um, whole reason they're having this conversation is because he's being moved back to the night shift. Yes. He started on the night shift, finally worked his way up two days, I guess. And yeah. then he needs to go back to night shift and his boss kind of kicks him around a little bit. And Just like she has her neuroses and her weight issues, he mm. has the issue of being too nice, never standing right. up for himself. So when his boss comes in and is like, listen, you're no longer the day shift, you were going to give you the night shift. He doesn't even argue with it, and he's he even says, well, this guy that you're giving my job to has your same last name, <laughs> and it turns out to be the boss's nephew. I do so, like how the boss goes, I don't know. I think he's my nephew or something. Yeah. So he's not even sure. No. Yeah, he gets thrown back to night shift, which I, it's not ideal. 
I never really worked night shift, but there is something, I don't know, just to do it for like a year or two, I always wanted to see what it felt like to just work nights or something, just to do something different. But I know, listen, you're getting married, you're trying to start out life for yourself, it's probably not the best time to be working Well, and we do a little bit of that mental switch with him where he's, he, um, where he's taking the train or the subway into work and he's going on the train when everyone else is leaving. Yeah, so we see him sort of have to deal with some of the... And she says, you know, well, now I won't see you during the day. He only has one night off for their, for their lovemaking um, <laughs> escapades um, because he works all the other nights. He's got all, he has got all these, just like she, again, has all these things. He has all these odd things that keep happening to him throughout this movie. And one of them is this dog that is loose in his apartment building. It's like a random stray dog that just wanders the halls of his Belongs to no one. And it's not like it's attacking him like when he's going in from the outside of the building. Like it's, he is already in the building at his door and this security style dog, like this rabbit dog comes barking. It happens throughout the movie where it chases him into the house or into his apartment. Oh, another weird thing that he does every time he goes in the office he so he's again replacing the day shift worker. He right. comes in as the night shift, and the day shift worker is this like it's just this like uh, this jabroni. Yeah, me he of, doesn't uh, really. Vinny Del Pino from uh, Doogie Hauser. He does it well. He's watching the cartoons the one day. He's always crumbs all over the. He's like, oh, I mixed up the bodies. He did. He's. <laughs> <clears throat> but when Winkler comes in and gets ready, or when Chuck comes in and gets ready for his night shift, of course he cleans off the desk and cleans the crumbs off. But he also stores a plant in his locker, and not like a little cactus plant. It's like a tree. Yes. Yeah. He has to move ficus. this tree into position. It's really mm-hmm. weird. like his routine of like I'll sharpen a pencil mm-hmm. and I'll sit down, I'll clean everything up, and all that. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Like, the whole idea of sharing desks. I've never worked a job where I had to share a desk with somebody. Oh, but yeah. I could imagine it's very weird. Like, you couldn't personalize it. You couldn't put up your own You only can stuff so and, much. Yeah. Yeah, you have to, like, take it with you when you left or whatever. Mm-hmm. This seems like a job that's for kids. Like, it, this, the way they portray, I was going to say morticians. That's not what they are. Uh, like Corners. It's, it, yeah, it seems like this is a job for like high school students or something like, it doesn't seem like they need any sort of training they don't need to do anything the most they need to do is to drive to pick up a body it appears right. and bring it back and put it in a storage locker well, for somebody else to dissect and like we said they don't we don't see them ever do their no. job except for the opening scene that's the only time we ever see him we just know that he goes to it and and maybe it's because i would think more people are the bodies are found more during the night but for a night shift worker, he doesn't Jimmy, see a lot of action. I didn't think about this until right now. That's the only time we see a dead body in this entire movie. A movie that takes place oh, yeah, even entirely when they open the in a morgue. Yeah. There's no, no, anytime we open drawers, there are either people having sex in it, or it's just Michael Keaton hanging I'm out. I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. When he's so sad, he keeps listening to that recording over and over again. Yeah. Like, I thought there were going to be funny things with dead Corpses, people and prostitutes. Yeah. Like, I thought there were going to be more gags like that, but there's nothing because there's no corpses no. in New York City. Work is slow. Work is slow. And he should be th- grateful because then he could start up his prostitution ring. Is this before or after Giuliani just put all the homeless people out to sea? Uh. Is that... <laughs> 
This is when Koch was mayor, right? Yeah, all right. So yeah. it was still pretty bad. This is when we get to meet our Billy Blaze, our Michael Keaton, who comes in in a Billy Blaze. First of all, Whoa. I feel like he wanted to be in Jumpin' Jack Flash. Like, what is it that he's singing that song? Like, he loves I don't, that he song. He loves that song. He's singing it offbeat, from what I can tell. Yep. Sings it when he goes it. in here, sings mm-hmm. it later on when he's getting in the in the car, mm-hmm. and then he's singing it when he's picking up the ladies. And Yeah, yeah. it's, a, it's like, in this movie at least three times. Yeah. yeah. Did the um, Rolling Stones have some deal with Hollywood in the early 80s where they were like, I think it was just you a have song to use that got our songs in 20% of your films made? I don't know. I think it's just a pump it up kind of a song, or at least for Billy Blaze it is. He comes in singing and dancing. He's got this fancy like tiger jacket on. He is off the charts ADD yeah. hyperactivity. It's like um, we need to infuse some serious crazy into this movie right now yeah yeah and, we're a little too right laid back and, and i was into our, it because yeah. what i the one thing i'm going to really say is in this movie's favor is in a movie that mm-hmm. really only has three main actors in it they take their time to establish their characters and i sure really appreciated that like we don't get into a prostitution montage till more than halfway through this movie like yeah it takes them forever to get into the prostitution business but it wasn't wasted time. Like, I was enjoying all of this. I was enjoying I was, yeah. the characters playing off of each other. Like, anytime he ran into uh, Shelley Long, I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is really nice. Like, this is a nice interaction. I'm not going to spoil my thoughts after the prostitution montage, but I really like the fact that it took its time getting to what this movie's supposed to be about. It was not boring. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Well, and it's definitely not boring if Billy Blaze is on the screen. No. Because he is action-packed. He talks about, he's, I love, so his thing, again, each of the characters have very defined things. His thing is he's constantly talking to a tape recorder because he considers himself an idea man. One idea he has right off the bat is um, reduce trash by having edible paper. Yeah. Not a bad idea, mind you. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not a bad idea. I mean... There is a lot of stuff in paper, I guess. Like, I'm just thinking about all the other I mean, trash. edible paper. Sure. Or no. even chewing gum. Make it chew. Anyway. But I could would, get behind some of his ideas no, as well. I could, too. Um, yeah, his ideas are, they range from really good to absolutely ridiculous and, and he, super stupid. But he's a but, wild man. He's like, he kind of reminds me a little bit of, well, always in, like Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. Like he's just like this goofball, crazy, up for anything, and he's basically like an eight-year-old. Like he's he's just like like when he walks in, he's like, "What's that thing over there? What's this over here? Hey, yeah. what's your name? Yeah. I have all these great ideas. What do we do? Do we drive around? Do we just pick up sniffs? Is that what this yeah. job is? Hey, I'm gonna knock over your pencils here. <laughs> he's all over the place. Yeah, and I was like, this character's way over the top. He's playing this at and 11 and again but it works i was into it, it. Works. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i love it when um he's like well, where's our boss when when do we see him and winkler's like no the boss doesn't come at night he's like no boss that's radical this is amazing this is gonna be the best thing ever i do um, love how he did say radical yeah. he says, it's just me you and the stiffs here all alone at night that's radical this is that three full of things at the end of saying, that's radical. Whoa, that's a dead guy. I just found it amazing. <laughs> he is so good. And this was like his breakout yeah. role. Like, you know, he did a few things before this, but this was really where 
the industry sat up and went, hey, maybe we should put this guy in everything until 1990. He's just a buttload of fun, and he is. So there's our Billy Blaze introduction. Yeah, so they're getting yeah. into their thing. I guess we should talk about his wife's um, bedtime quirks, I'm going to say. Well, we mentioned she's got these body issues. She's very sensitive. It's not just for the wedding. Like, it's not your typical, I'm a bride and I want to be fit for my wedding. She has some pretty ingrained, but then we meet her parents and we realize probably <laughs> later why she has such issues. Do, but, you think, do you think that they wanted to cast an overweight actress for this? But, like, she did such a great job in the auditions. They were like, we got to hire her. Because you're right. At one point, she's wearing a trash bag. The next time yeah. we see her, she's just under covers. And then yeah. in jail, she's just, like, it's dark. And the camera never, like, cuts below her shoulders. Yeah. Like, I'm sure this woman is in wonderful shape. And they're like, I don't know. We'll cut around it. We'll figure it yeah. out. Who cares? Well, I think I, I want to I mean, I think it would have been funny i don't know would have been played differently if she was really overweight sure i think it just showed what a like just the neurosis just how yeah. crazy each, each character including herself is uh, surprisingly the prostitute belinda is probably the most sane out of them all yes with the least amount of issues believe it or not question about that we never get into when we get into sad Michael Keaton near the end. I was like, this is oh, not what with I his want. dad's I this. issues. Yeah. I don't want this in this laugh ride of a movie. What are you doing? And isn't it Christmas? Like, can't we get a little bit happy? Yeah, but then they are wearing those weird masks and they go to the cemetery and it makes up for the sadness. Anyway. Does it? Um, does him buying a headstone for his dead father make oh, up for the sadness? Well, okay. Or does it just become more <laughs> sad when they are surprised by this and he goes you're surprised that i bought a headstone for my father and i was like what am i watching right now i don't want to be sad i'm let you know how sensitive winkler is no i know i get and it. how this, very lonely this movie doesn't track like the way that most movies do because mm. very early on when he and michael keaton have a blowout and they're like angry at each other for all of five minutes i was like boy mm. they got the end of the second act in really early in this movie yeah, i guess yeah. from now on everything's gonna be roses and sunshine not quite they have a few blowouts so yeah well okay so back to her sex issues mm -hmm. what does he say okay so they're trying to get a little frisky in bed. It's his only night off to, to get this kind of action. Apparently, they don't live together, so they've got to get this going. It takes her forever to get out of the bathroom. When she does, then he's she's got a uh, he's got to check the apartment to make sure nobody has snuck into the apartment. I don't know. I guess so. He says probably because you're you're so nervous, you never have an orgasm. And he she slaps his mouth shut. Slaps don't say that over word. His own mouth. It's uh -huh. really great. Yeah, don't say that word. Mm -hmm. um, and then they get it once they're about to get their little intimacy on. Now they get interrupted again because the neighbor's music is too loud. So she makes him go and complain on the neighbor's music door and went or the neighbor's door about the music. And when he does, he's greeted by a giant cowboy man, a giant man with a cowboy hat and just underwear. Right. And yes. He right away, Henry Winkle's like, this is a mistake. I'm not here to <laughs> say anything. I just was mistaken. And who pops out, but also his his wife comes up behind him and is like, you need to tell him to lower his music. And then behind the cowboy in the underwear is Belinda, Shelley Long. Yes, exactly. It is, it is kind of funny because his wife doesn't say lower the music or whatever. She says, 
did you talk to him about the music? And he goes, yeah. and he looks at this guy and he goes, the music. I love the music. <laughs> I was going to ask you who it was. Just so maybe I could buy a copy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then you're right. Shelly Long comes out and she kind of like handles it. And she's like, hey, yeah. it's me. Remember the prostitute? Remember I saw you at work and this yeah. is where I saw you. We must be next door neighbors. Somehow never ran into each other before. Blah, blah, blah. And they have a nice little back and forth and you can kind of see where this is going. Uh-huh. Um, and then he goes back to the apartment, you know, to finish what they started. And she is leaving. Yeah, she's already dressed. She's fully dressed. He's even like, when did you get dressed? <laughs> I like how he says that. And I like how she's waiting for the elevator, and she goes, I cheated today. And he's like, you're kidding. And she goes, I had a Nestle Crunch bar. Uh, yeah. She can't mentally, she is so addicted to her diet that she's so stuck on that that she can't even. That She's like, it's not going to work anyway. We weren't going to do it anyway because I cheated today. With the Nestle Crunch Bar, and so there's no way I was going to be able to have sex. Okay, now, sorry to get off of this, because I want to talk about, this is the idea where I was like, Michael Keaton, that's not an idea. When he's talking about tuna, because... Oh! Because um, Henry Winkler gets a sandwich. This is another running gag. He gets a sandwich, and it's always the wrong thing. Wrong bread, Keaton, wrong yeah. sandwich. Michael right, Keaton's whatever. like, why don't you just send it back, get what you want, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, they spit in your food if you send stuff back, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And Michael Keaton goes, oh, what if people just opened the cans of tuna and stirred in their own mayonnaise? I'm like, I think people have been doing that since the dawn of canned tuna. Like, well, that's I'm- not an idea, but <laughs> the great idea is to feed live tuna mayonnaise. <laughs> I think that is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. It made me laugh when I was watching this. Pretty great, though, if you think about it. Yep. Just get the tuna right in, or get the mail right into the tuna from the start. This is where we have, of course, it's a Ron Howard movie, so his brother Clint Howard has to show up. Oh, yes. And yes. Uh, he's a younger Clint Howard, so he doesn't look quite as weird as he ends he's up He's still looking. a little weird and distinctively Clint Howard. Yes. <laughs> There's no hiding him. You put no. hair on him or what, you can tell it's no. him. You know it's him with those deep-set eyes. But this is where we find out that Michael Keaton has been taking the company hearse to drive people around? Like he's an Uber driver, basically? Yes. We find out about both. This is when we also find out that um, Henry Winkler was a financial, worked on Wall Street before. He says that. That was the first thing, first sort of confession is like, yes, I do this job now because I was high stress at my other job. And then, yeah, we find out that Michael Keaton is side-gigging with the hearse and using it to basically Uber people around town. Again, business is slow uh, at the morgue. He's got a, a little, like, magnet that he puts yes, on. This. He has he his sticks. own little logo, and mm-hmm. he puts a little top hat on top of, I guess, the siren that's yep. on this hearse. Yep. And and he's really like, hey, dude, listen, uh, I'll be back. It's not going to take that long. If somebody dies, they're not going anywhere, yeah. whatever. And he gives him a little bit of money. He gives him a hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Either later that night or maybe it's the next day. This is when they finally have like a blowout. I think because now we see where Chuck is just, he's just reaching his wits end now. He gets to work. Right. 
and the Leonard, the kid that's taking took his day shift, is there and watching cartoons and putting the wrong bodies in drawers. I do like how they. I do like how when the kid packs up his tiny portable television, he goes, "That Barney Rubble, what a great actor!" Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty good too. Um, but but we see how disgruntled Chuck is. He hasn't gotten laid from his fiance. He's tried or is unsuccessful in that. He's going into this job that he's just not. And Billy comes into work and he is all pumped about his weekend. And he can't. Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know what I did? I had a great weekend. I could tell you all about it. And this is when you're right. Chuck just snaps. Because he has been it. he has been learning how to count cards at work. And he talks oh, about how he's going right. to go to Atlantic City. Go to Atlantic City. Yeah. And he's like, I got thrown out. They just didn't like the way I was playing. And he's like, well, wait, how much money did you win? He was like, well, I was down a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and I got into it with the manager and I took the watered down drink and I dumped it on his head and they threw me out because I was such a good card player. <laughs> and he just has enough. And he's like, shut up, shut up. Nobody wants to listen to you. Please just shut up. He and says it into alone. his recorder, yes. though. He grabs Billy's recorder yeah. and says, It's like shut a up, note Billy, to self. Billy needs to shut his damn yes. mouth or something. Billy is... Can't believe it. He's just trying to make friends. Right. And he goes and is laying in, like you said earlier, in one of the drawers where they keep the dead bodies. And he's just listening to that on repeat, the recording, Billy, shut up, Billy, shut up. Um, Billy's a very sensitive individual. Very like, sensitive. This is all it took to completely break him. Well. But it, but it is a very, I mean, I, I don't know what this is like. I mean, I've worked in offices with multiple people, but I've never, like, worked with a single like a person. Right. Day in and day out. And he does say something like, fine, you know what? We're going to work. We can work like we're strangers. That's perfectly yeah. fine. We'll do that. And well, he says, I don't know anything about your fiance other than her picture. You've never even told me her name. And I want to get to know you. And you, I like how he goes on, like, you don't think about me in all of this. Like, how do you think I feel? I don't have any friends. And I'm just here on the night shift. And I can't really meet the anybody. The whole thing, he dumps a lot on Henry Winkler. But but Henry Winkler really is. like this. He's this a has, nice guy. So he doesn't want It has want very to. little to do with Bill. I mean, Bill is like the cherry on top of this garbage you know, few days or weeks or whatever that he's been having. Right. Um, so he does apologize. He tells him his fiance's name and everything. And yeah. he's like, listen, we can work together. It's great. Oh. We can be friends and all that. I like yeah. it too. And Billy goes, I even gave you a hundred dollars. He's <laughs> yes. like, I didn't ask you to. He's like, I know. And that's what makes it worse. I did it because I'm a nice person. Right. <laughs> so they sort of patch up their relationship. Yeah. And he goes back to his apartment. Mm -hmm. um, but in the elevator, oh. he finds a Shelly in the corner, just like yeah. slouched in the corner of the elevator. And she has been mm -hmm. beaten up. Uh, and he goes to help her. Mm -hmm. And the elevator door opens. And Jamie, who's standing there? A young Shannon Doherty. <laughs> yep. The youngest of Shannon Doherty's ever. Yes. And she and her entire Girl Scout troop. Yep. Uh, decide, they blow a whistle. <laughs> yep. He is mugging her and they decide to hit him with boxes of cookies. Yes. They attack. Meanwhile, he's trying to help her. So it's random. She's on the floor of the elevator and looks like beat up. And he's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Where's your purse? Let me, his big thing is like, let me get a handkerchief. I guess to wipe the blood off her face. I or always have a handkerchief, so he's rightfully yeah. to her purse and <laughs> she's the up in the corner. Yeah, and you're right. Shannon and her friends think that he is the mugger, and they they attack him. And now, and this Shelly is also and, where I'm like, what time is it? Like, what? 
time. Why are these Girl Scouts out and about in their uniforms when the prostitutes are just getting in for the evening? What happens in this apartment complex between the stray dog that goes around right? and the random hours that the Girl Scouts keep and the prostitute with the nice apartment? I don't know. Could have had a whole movie about that. You could have. Because now she's kind of taking care of him because he was beaten by boxes of cookies. I, he's, mm-hmm. He really seems to have taken this hard. Like... I don't, I couldn't imagine it hurts that much. But she I think he's more, his ego's kind of hurt, right? Like, he's like, I can't believe this is the first time I've ever gotten beat up. <laughs> um, and she explains to him that the reason she's gotten beat up is because she doesn't have a pimp anymore. Her yep. pimp died, and it's hard for... All her friends have been having issues because they don't have this pimp who usually like takes care of you. these things. The pimp, he just died. He just died, <laughs> perhaps natural causes. Yes, this is because she then kicks him out. She's like, listen, I'm tired. You're going right. to have to go. Mm-hmm. She gives him an ice pack and then sends him on his way, and he goes. And I like it. He and Billy are then on the train and talking mm-hmm. about the interaction that he had. And he's like, Winkler's concerned that you know of her circumstances. And he says, I really hope they can find someone trustworthy to help them. <laughs> yes. And Michael Keaton is like, trustworthy? This is a pimp. They're not trustworthy, but they do dress really nice. So there's that going for them. Yeah, so Billy, this is the seed is planted. Yes, he's got the idea is there. Mm-hmm. We should become pimps. No, not pimps. Love brokers. Right, love brokers. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I don't want to besmirch the name of pimps. No, or... well, because that's what they decide. They are right. not going to, because they, you know, Henry Winkler's like, I can't, that's not, I can't be a pimp. And he's like, we're right. not, we are love brokers. But, and this is really like where I'm watching this, I'm like, okay, now the movie's going to get started. This movie that I was promised, it's now going to get started. And Henry Winkler doesn't really seem to be into this right now. Mm-mm. But the next day, Shelley Long, Oh. Approaches him for breakfast dates. Like, we both get home at the same time. Right. You know, wouldn't it be nice if we just kind of like had breakfast together? Mm-hmm. We could just do this. Like, this could be a thing that we do. She comes over feeling badly that she kicked him out of the apartment last week. She's a nice person, too. And yeah, she decides, let's do this breakfast date. Now, I love it. There's a whole setup there. She starts to make breakfast and she's like, oh, does your window not open? Does your fan not work? And he's like, oh, the kitchen has poor ventilation. So next thing you know, she's cooking in her underwear. Okay, because I I did not know where this was going. I was like, are we going to have like a, a goofy grease fire scene or something like that? I did not know it was, oh, it's so hot. I guess yeah. I'm going to take my clothes mm-hmm. off to make mm-hmm. eggs. Like, I did not see that coming. And I was like, what kind of wackiness is, oh, okay. The most skinny human being on earth, Shelly Long, is just taking off her clothes. And, and she's got, like, like day of the week underwear on. They're not yeah. sexy at all. They've got, like, flowers or, like, they got little cartoon characters on them. They're yep. just these cute little undies. Oh, but Henry Winkler's eyes are bugging out of oh, his Oh, he head, can't. Like. He's fumbling all around. The fiancé calls, and he's like, what do you mean I sound weird? I don't sound weird. I just got home from work. That's why I sound weird. Yeah, he can't keep his cool. Why? Why are... Why is Henry Winkler getting a bad haircut, and why is this scene in this movie? I don't know what this scene is, but it's another scene to show you how Henry Winkler, like, the guy's doing a terrible job giving a haircut. Henry Winkler's like, I don't know, is this the cut I get? And the guy's like, yeah. And again, Billy is at the the hair 
cut place and he's like, what are you doing? Fix his sideburns. Fix this hair. He says he's getting a haircut because of the in-laws coming to town. So right, he wants yes. to make sure to look nice for the in-laws. I love it in movies when characters get haircuts, but there's absolutely no difference in their hair. Like the next scene, it's no. like, why, why well, did you and, make that a plot point? If, it, if he's not going to come out with like... Buzz cut hair, yeah. Military haircut yeah. or something, you know... I just, I just find. I it very think strange. maybe the fun of because Billy is in there, or Michael Keaton's in there, and he does kind of freak out at him and yeah. climbs over another customer and calls uh, again, calls uh, Chuck selfish. You're selfish. You, you're, you not thinking of me and Belinda and all this. And then he leaves and he says, "I wash my hands and my feet of you. <laughs> I wash my hands and my feet of you." Oh, so. I have a question about his fiance because we haven't, you know, we talked about her a little bit and everything like that. And we've been saying, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of nice things about her. What is with her beehive haircut that they give her when her parents oh. are there? It looks horrible. I think it's part of because her parents are clear. I think she's from Minnesota or something because isn't that she's gone for a huge part of this movie? And is this because I just said Minneapolis earlier? <laughs> No, I think she, he says something like when when oh. he comes bails her out, he's like, "I thought you were in Minnesota or whatever." I think, and, and her she was parents like, fly Minnesota. In. I don't. And maybe that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. You, but you got it. That's it. Just a lot I, of O's and the O's. E's. Oh boy. Um, no, because her parents fly in for Thanksgiving, and. Right. Um, they, uh, she's gone for a huge chunk of this movie, and when she is gone, it's because I guess she's visiting them. And when they come in, we see they're a little tight. Like he's like the dad's like, I don't like this city. It's too much going on here, and blah blah blah. <laughs> There's too much going on here. Give um, me the give me the comforts of rural St. Paul. Prefer that, yeah. So yeah, so they're about to have a nice dinner or whatever. It's Thanksgiving. They're about to have his mom is over. Oh, um, Chuck's yeah. mom is there. We She's do, cooking Thanksgiving dinner. We do dinner. track with holidays. You're right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're having this Thanksgiving dinner. Her parents have flown in, and they're definitely awkward. He's going to pour them a drink, and they're like, we don't drink. And he was like, we don't like this city. And he was like, maybe you would like the city if you would drink more. Um, and he gets, they're about to sit down to dinner, and he gets a call from Belinda. She's in court. And she needs, this is usually when her pimp would help her out. And she needs some documents. She needs stuff from her apartment. She needs, she doesn't have anybody else to call. So can she please, can he please come help her? And he tries to discreetly tell his girlfriend or his fiance, like, I'm going to just step out for a minute and I'll be right back. Next thing we know, the entire family, the dad, the mom. How does it get to this point? Even... Chuck is like, or Rink Winkler is like, I we didn't have to all go. You didn't have to drive me. And her dad is like, well, I forgot this rental car. We're paying enough money for it. Might as well use it. it that so is, the whole that's family insane. goes to court. First of all, listen, I am not in favor of lying to your bride-to-be. But if a prostitute who lives next door to you calls to help her with court issues... Just tell her, hey, you know that goofy guy I've been working with? He got himself in a whole lot of trouble downtown. I just got to go take care of this. Don't, you know, your parents, I'll be back. Ten minutes, 15 tops, and then you're gone for three hours. Whatever. Like, don't complicate this. Don't mention that it's a woman and the woman happens to be a prostitute. He does keep saying, because they're like, why? And he's like, 
because she's my neighbor. I'm just helping out a neighbor who happens to be a prostitute. When you're in court, don't make winky eyes at her the whole oh, time, yeah. too. Yeah. Like, that's another weird thing. Well, then the flag. court scene's the whole thing. So they get to court, and right. like I said, the whole family packs in. It's like a Thanksgiving adventure. She right away says, uh, I think she calls the guy full of shit or something. Yes. Right? She's, yeah, she she's, does, because basically... Um, oh, no, she calls she, him an asshole. Yeah, she has, uh, you know, given services. I was trying to think of a more interesting way to say that. She but, calls it services. They She says services were rendered. Right, and, and he, he tried he, to take his money back, too, which I think is weird. Like, it's not even like he didn't pay. He was like, I need my money back now that we're all done with this. Now that with services are done. Right. And she... Uh, she, the guy's like, and and she's beat me up, and the the judge is like, I don't see you. Don't look beat up. You look okay. And then he exposes his ass because I guess what she did was bite him in the ass. Yep. So it's the whole little teeth court marks, gets to see top his, and bottom. Yep. Yeah. The whole court sees not only his tushy but then his other side too, and that's a thing. The parents are like, ah, what? Yeah. He's brought his in laws, his future in laws, and we're like, let's just stick around and see how little yeah. this works out. He's and like, just, there's a show possibly on the air by now called Night Court. It's hilarious. I'm sure it's a lot <laughs> like it. Who's Let's the Dan Fielding in this situation? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love Night Court so much. And I remember, you know, I mean, it was on when we were kids mm-hmm. and I remember getting to a certain point in my life where I realized Night Court's a thing. Like that's a, real, a real thing. Like thing. I never, I never even knew that that was a possibility that they had to have court at night for like prostitution and stuff like that. But yeah, that's all night court was. was And on Thanksgiving, they'll even have it on Thanksgiving. Right. That's why I figured they would have judge Harry, but he probably had off for Thanksgiving, you know, doing magic tricks for his parents and stuff. That's what he had to do. That's it. Well, this, this interaction though is what sort of breaks Chuck though. Like after he's sitting in the car and being belittled by his mom and the, Family is just a wreck. He goes to visit Billy at Blazeland, USA. His apartment has a sign on it. Yeah, I wanted more of that apartment because I was like, this place looks a lot like a lot of fun. And also, I was like, are they just using Shelley Long's apartment as his apartment? Because I was like, everything else looks the same. Very well, yeah. Um, But this is when Chuck is like, let's do it. Let's be love brokers. I need to do something. You're right. This life of mine is just a little too routine. In a movie like this, usually it would be it would it would be something more. It would be a bigger reason why he needs to do this. Like he's in serious debt or his, you know, his parents house is about to go into foreclosure or something. This guy's mm-hmm. just like, I need a little spice in my life, man. Like it, yeah. it really is just like. He seems to be doing fine for himself. He's about to get married, but he's just like, I need to shake it up. I need to Mm -hmm. live a little bit in my Mm -hmm. late 30s. Let's just do this. And I find that very interesting that they didn't have to, like, shoehorn in, like, oh, oh, you're about to be evicted, so you need extra money for something. It's like, let's just do this, you weird, weird person. So they're in it. Next scene we have, a whole bunch of prostitutes are over at the precinct or the coroner's office whatever you want to call it and And it's like you said keaton's keaton's doing his best keaton thing and he's putting on a hilarious presentation Mm -hmm. and the girls because shelly long brought all the ladies i like how after his proposal goes horribly wrong henry winkler yeah. yeah henry winkler stands up 
and he's like, give me a shot here. And I love how Michael Keaton goes, do you need the chalkboard? I, just, yeah. I don't know why I thought that was so funny, but it really was. But his whole thing is, hey, ladies, pimps, they took like 90%. 90, yeah. He's only going to take 10%. Yeah. That's it. And they're like, at first, the ladies are like, this must be too good to be true. We got to shake this. He's also but, talking about like a dental and health plan. Yeah. Like, he's going to get them health insurance. While your head, like, yeah. relax. No, he's going to do the whole bit for them. Yes. Because um, he does say, I mean, we knew he worked on Wall Street, but he does say something like, he goes, and I know how to turn your money into more money. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, like, the whole idea, uh, I mean, listen, I don't know what pimps do with their money, but even if he's only making 10%, he can still make more on well, that 10%. Well, he still makes coffee and then... cans and coffee cans of cash. <laughs> yes, you're right. He sure does. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like he's investing it. They just keep it in coffee cans. So, again, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. What numbers is he running? Well, he does He does do his own Apple 2GE spreadsheets. Yeah. I mean, at least he's he... not there with an adding machine. And no. He's no. a little more advanced. Shelly Long. He must have talked to Shelly Long about it beforehand yes. or Belinda beforehand. And she's like, this is a great idea, ladies. Let's go with it. And they do. It's C and B Enterprises is what it is. They're they're working it out. Billy sort of escorts the ladies where they need to go, gives them rides. In the, and he, he packs his, his um, shirt with tissues and stuff to make it look like he's more muscular and things seem to be going well right it's a great it's our it's our first montage of this movie there's it's just them rolling in the dough everything seems to be working out just fine Mm -hmm. uh henry winkler gets a big fuzzy pimp hat as a gift from the ladies because yeah you know and that's the other thing like there's something about this where i was like this almost feels like a separate movie Like, like you could have a whole other movie about these two Ordinary guys starting prostitution mm-hmm. on their own and like their relationships with the girls and stuff like that. Because these girls are really like they like them and there's camaraderie there. We don't do a whole lot with that, though. You know what I, I mean? Know. Yeah. And they could have. They, yeah. We could have had even more like just more of the interactions with the like the a hilarious thing where a girl gets beat up. So then they have to pretend to be tough or something like that. Like yeah. I would have, I would have really liked that. Cause I could see like Michael Keaton be like, so let's just get these ski masks on our heads and go with baseball bats. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's more room for fun to be had. Right. In this movie. And I've been having fun up to this point. I feel like this movie for me right now turns a corner and I am. This is where it turns. I'm kind of out from now until the end of the movie to be honest this is when chuck is like i don't know if i could do this my gums have been bleeding i'm losing hair <laughs> yes. i he's popping alka-seltzer like yes. constantly and the idea that these women are you know he's allowing them to have sex with strange men mm-hmm. and profiting from it he doesn't know if it could sit well with him and to top it off uh michael keaton is having a frat party yeah in the morgue where the dead people are they're the whole thing, they put Henry Winkler on a gurney and they're wheeling him around and frat guys are, you know, having sex with ladies in the, I'm going to call them corpse drawers. I don't know yeah. what they are. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just a weird thing, like, to just be thrown in this movie. Like, it's weird that Henry Winkler's the only responsible one of this group. Like, there aren't any of those women that are like, this is a really good deal we have going here. 
maybe we shouldn't have this party here at the morgue. I, I don't know. It's a good time. They're all having a good I guess. time. Sure. Chuck does. He kicks them out. Then he, that's when he gets bagels with Beverly, and he's like, it was crazy. They were, they were everywhere, and nobody listened mm-hmm. to me. And she was like, well, this is when she said, he was like, they were in the, the morgue drawer, in the dead in the drawer. And she's like, well, you know, people, that's, they have fantasies. Don't you ever have fantasies about? And she says one about the guy doing it with her in a helicopter above his ex-girlfriend's place. His fantasy is like, well, I, I wish I didn't have to check the apartment all the time before <laughs> sex. And she's like, what are you talking about? Um, this is then, then we get to see Billy, Billy's call. So again, right. Chuck is starting Another to get nervous. Montage, yeah. Yes. And Chuck is really starting to get nervous. Um, like, I don't know. I feel like the, this is going to just end badly soon mm-hmm. and it's not going to be good. Billy's like, what are you talking about? And he's in his car with the Rolodex and the tinted windows and he drives past the cops and he's like, look, the windows are so tinted they can't even see. And he's like flipping off the cops right. and he's telling them, he's like... It's all like, I got I put prostitutes in this car all the time and I take them around. They have sex with dudes and I'm making all this money. Oh, oh, you're just driving away? Okay, no problem. Yeah. He decides he's going to do Operation Chuck where he helps Chuck find some fun. But they they have such a great time. They have a wonderful party and they're they're all relaxing. What is the deal where they get the girls a burger joint? What is that? Don't know. I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. There's honestly. a scene where they're at this burger joint and the one girl is like, "I used to be the pickle girl here." And I guess he's invested their money into the burger joint. Okay. So now the girls own a burger joint? I d- boy. You don't remember that scene? No, not at all. Oh. Wow. That happens. Did you watch like the uncut, unrated version? I don't version? think so. I don't think so. Why would that be added? But anyway. I don't know. But now, like, we've added the burger joint thing and uh, seen a full penetration. I, we had oh, to cut whoa. those for some reason in the original, but oh, now yeah, we yeah. put them in for what's on Amazon. I think it's just to show how well these ladies are taken care of by him. And like you said, they reciprocate because they, they buy a pimp hat for Chuck and they buy a new radio with a recorder on it for Billy. Yes. So I think Billy's gift was a little more thoughtful. But I guess maybe Chuck made mention of wanting a pimp hat. I'm not sure. Or or Billy was like, listen, Chuck's losing his hair. Maybe you want to get him a hat. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah cover up that balding. He's getting a yeah. little self-conscious. He's getting married in case you ladies didn't know. Yeah. P.S. Belzer's back. Richard Belzer's back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. There is yeah. just a little bit of Richard Belzer here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is, does anything significant come of it? No, it's just mentioning, it's, like... It's just, like, remember the beginning of this yeah, movie? Exactly. That there's yeah, exactly. There's possible tensions somewhere Well, and again, here. we were leading to this. Chuck had mentioned, like, something, I feel like something's going to go wrong, and, you know, it's it's sniffing out. Now we get, it's Christmas, this is when they get the gifts, so there's the Christmas party, and they're they're a little bit drunk, everybody's having a good time, and Bill talks about his mean dad and his pretty mom. My mom used to be pretty. She used to be pretty. I was like, this is so sad, what's going on? What is happening? I know, he's like, my dad left when I was two, or some kind of, and then they go, like you said, then they... They say to to Chuck, you know, what have you been doing with all your money? You know, we're mm-hmm. you don't do anything with it. He's like, no, I've done it. Come on, I'll take you to what I've done with it. And we're at a and they're all drunk and they're at a graveyard and he's bought a new gravestone for his dad. His dad yep. used to have the smallest gravestone. Now it's got the biggest. It's great. This Michael Keaton's outfit when they're at this graveyard. He's wearing the Santa pants and he's got this weird 
sunglasses and yeah, like a weird like you know those those old like doctor like bird doctor things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I didn't understand. I was surprised he was wearing Santa pants because I was like I didn't see those earlier. But no, he's just dressed like a yeah. like a loon. I do like how he thought Henry Winkler bought a cemetery. Though. Yeah, he's like, this is great. What another great business plan? Like, well, I mean, it's a little full though. You could have bought an empty one. But yeah, smart idea. We, people die all the time, and we'll just bury the bodies. Yeah. I would like this. to think in his head, he's like, this guy's so into dead people. Like, he yeah. has a real hang-up with dead people. Loves it. Loves working with them. Loves wants to go into <laughs> business about it. This is when, uh, afterwards, he and Shelley Long kind of hang out. They they have their little, uh, it's almost like their breakfast date because they kind of get together. And they're talking, and then they kiss, and... I don't know if he professors his love for her or something, but it's it's a whole oh, thing where finally her, he's like she calls him decent, and he's like, "You really think I'm decent?" Um, this is when the uh, that's what friends of four <laughs> instrumental starts, and it and doesn't, doesn't stop. It doesn't now stop every scene till the is end just of the movie. underscored by that's what friends are for. Wow. Um, and like I said before, I think I was talking to just you and patrons through the eyes of knowing that song now. It was so distracting. It was, I, I can't, and I don't know if you felt the same way. I was so distracted. Every time that song was playing, I stopped paying attention to everything that was happening. I would just listen to this horrible instrumental and be like, <sighs> this is so inappropriate. It makes no sense. I was like, well, especially this is like right after their sex scene, yes! allegedly. Like we don't see much. It is funny. So they kiss and then the next scene is a totally made bed. Mm-hmm. With a creepy doll on it. So they haven't had sex in the bed. They're curled up in the bathtub together. But yes. that's what Friends Are For comes on. <laughs> so you're like, are we trying to say that, it's like, that this oh, is a friendship? This but, is what Friends Are For, yeah. bathing with your friends. I get it. I understand what Dionne Warwick and Elton John were trying to tell me. This is it. But this then it. when you take it into context, that song was in 1985, three years after this. And this was just, I, I could not believe it was just Rod Stewart had this song and made it for this movie. It's, it's the weirdest thing that I didn't expect. And also just saying like, Ron Howard was like, oh yeah, that's what Friends are for. This is a cool tune. Nobody knows the song. So I'll just play it through every scene, regardless of what's happening. It goes. Goes with the scene. That's what these friends are going to do for each other. I listen. I call my friends on the phone, and I'm like, I cannot scrub my own back tonight. Can you come over? And maybe just hop in the tub with me a little bit, and you know, we'll take care of it. It's fine. That's what friends are for. It is what friends are for. Mm-hmm. Oh. I haven't been able to do it since COVID. It's been a shame. I know that social distance thing. Um. <laughs> well, so now they these two have hit their love connection and. The next day at work, Chuck comes in singing and dancing and so happy with life. And Billy notices. Billy's like, where have you been? I've been trying to manage everything and you're mm-hmm. late. And Billy notices that Chuck's in a vibrant mood. Belinda comes in late too and he knows that the two of them have hooked up. But Belinda is still going to go to work. And Chuck is like, what do you mean you're still going to go to work? And she's like, well, what do you think this is? This is my job. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of sweet because then Billy, Chuck and Belinda sort of fight now because he's like, of course, a little hurt that she would choose to still do this. And she's a little hurt that he's misunderstanding everything. 
And um, I think he's. I think she's hurt that he at one point says, "Well, I'm not a whore." Oh, I think yeah. that might be the thing oh, that yeah. hurts a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Whores don't like to be called out on their whoreness. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very offensive. Don't say that. <laughs> but it's sweet. Billy takes her to the job, and they're outside the gig, whatever. And he's like, "You don't want to go up there. You're yeah." You're too sad, and I'll just take you home, and don't worry. I'll. He says something like, I'll just get the guy drunk, and I'll pretend that you were just there. Yeah. <laughs> too drunk to know I'll go up in a bit, get him drunk, it'll be great. I'm like, yeah. how far are you willing to take this, Billy? Yeah, what's, what's this act <laughs> right. all about? All right, I do have to tell you, um, as we get there, remind me, I, I thought this movie was going to have a different turn for Shelley Long at the end of this. And I'm still not sure what she's doing at that place at the end of this movie. Oh, at that weird... In her big fur coat. I, I don't know why she's there. It was her first day, and even she wasn't convinced she should be there. But now Belzer is back and in action, mm-hmm. and he is ready to murder Chuck. It's he... action, Belzer, in a scene... That makes very little sense in this movie. Why are they trying to fill him with water? And what's what's happening? Why are they doing this? But Belzer shows up. Where do they get the fire hose? Where do they get the fire hose? I was like, is this embalming fluid? Are they going to just murder him with this? I don't know. No, it's a fire hose attached to the interior wall of this morgue. They've... Kid, they take him, and I love it. He's like, please, I'll, I want to be your friend. And Bells are like, it's too late for that. Yeah. They tie him up to some chair, and yeah, they're going to they're gonna cut his throat so the water could leak out, and they're going to put a fire hose in his mouth. no idea what's going on. I don't know on. what kind of torture scene is happening. It's like waterboarding, but a whole other level of it. Um, in the meantime... Billy is at some kind of a nightclub and spots these two, what he sees, this, lonely guys with no women. These guys are hilarious. Because literally we cut two guys in the bar and they're like, man, we're terrible cops. Uh. We're the worst cops ever. Our undercover thing is not working. This is awful. I guess we're just going to have to be reassigned to something. I'm like. Okay, well, I guess I know what's going to happen now. Billy approaches them and is like, hey, would you guys like some ladies? Let me take you to some ladies. And they go, and I don't know why these guys don't question or why it's not. I don't know why they follow him for so long through this process. Because they're like, wait, we're at the morgue? And he's like, oh, don't worry. It's awesome. Let me just get the keys. Oops, I can't find the keys. Yeah, he's like, everything's usually here. That's so weird. Yeah, I love it. He's stumbling around like, well, where's my, I don't know where my partner is. I don't know why everything's locked, but everything is locked. But P.S., this this little fumbling incident kind of saves the day because now the cops come and they're able to save Chuck from the fire hose torture and <laughs> this, Belzer gets arrested. And I enjoyed this gunfight. I really found it hilarious because it was almost as though Ron Howard realized, I don't know how to direct an action scene because it was about three shots fired total and finally Richard Belzer goes, okay, I'm done. I give up. I'm done. <laughs> and his partner goes, wait, what? We're just giving yeah. up? Yeah. It's almost as though the actors were unaware that the scene was going to end. Because you're right. It's like, we don't know. We yeah. don't know how to carry on from here. <laughs> no. And, and it really is like the cops arrest the bad guys, but mm-hmm. everyone gets arrested. Yes. Of course. For, you know. Doing all their. Prostitute, I guess. But yeah, they're it, running a prostitution little ring there. So they get, they're in jail. I guess the cops would find the evidence. I was yeah. going to say, it's not like they, it's not like he brought them to the ladies or anything. He was just like, 
there's ladies here somewhere, maybe. Well, and now they know. But I that guess that's trouble. enough to. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So, and this is when Chuck hits one of his lowest lows when he's in jail. He's like, you, and he's again angry with Billy. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. If I hadn't met you, I wouldn't be in this mess. His fiance shows up, and at first he's like so grateful, like I can't believe you flew back from visiting your parents, and you're you're such a great mm-hmm. girl that you would be here to stand by me. She spits on him, then he starts spitting on himself, <laughs> and I love it because Billy's like, yeah, he's I don't know, he's got like Tourette's or something. He's, <laughs> right. he's not all right. It's, it's I fine. like before that how uh, Henry Winkler, you know, they're in a cell with a bunch of other, you know, dudes and everything, and he's like. I wish I was dead. And some guy just walks up and goes, Oh, yeah. Do you really want to be dead right now? (laughs) (laughs) I found that kind of funny. And it's just creepy. So they're eventually bailed out by the ladies. Mm -hmm. All the uh, prostitutes bailed them out. Mm -hmm. And now they go to a lawyer's office, the mayor. I don't know where they are, who this person is, and really what's happening for the rest of this movie. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's not a lawyer, because at one point, after they break stuff, he's like, I'm going to call my lawyer. Yeah, he's like, like, I'm going to sue you guys. This is crazy. Please explain what happens, because it is the most, I don't know how to get these guys out of trouble moment that I've ever seen in screenwriting history. I don't know how to just end this now, how to get us, like, to the end. So they (laughs) they meet with this lawyer, I want maybe district attorney, I don't know, um... And the lawyer is basically like, well, it's an election year, boys, so you happen to be in luck. They just want to throw this under the carpet. They want, we want to, we're going to pretend like it didn't happen. We're going to give you your jobs back. It's going to be okay. And that's like everything about what he says to them. I was like, this is crazy. Like, well, and Chuck is like, yes, thank you. I could get my life back. I could be, Billy is wearing this white turtleneck and, has a tennis racket with Was him? he wearing that in jail? Because I assume they came right from jail and no, he was not dressed for a, a tennis outing. He wasn't dressed they, for Wimbledon when they were in jail. They had a minute, I guess, to change up. I don't know. But now they have a battle because Billy wants... He's like, well, if we got them on the hook, if the state's willing to just wash it all away, we got to ask for more than that. Like, let's go big like, or go home. You're not three girls at a Swiss high school oh, yeah. whose teacher thinks that they're pregnant. Like, you don't have these people on the ropes. Like, take the, we're take willing this. to let you graduate. Yeah. You don't need to get out of gym class. You don't need all A's. Just take the job back. Just Just go back it. to the life. And that's, right. what, that's Chuck's old argument is, I just want my normal life back, my life before you. And now they two have another fight, but it's a drag out fight now where they're like, breaking shit and the lawyer's office like said the lawyer's like i'm gonna get my lawyer on you guys and the girls come in suddenly all the girls are there and are trying to keep them separated chuck is very mean he says to billy everything that's bad is because of you all the bad stuff is because of you and we get more instrumental that's what friends are for (laughs) i was like what he just fought with his friend that's what friends are for yeah it's more and more of that and now it's kind of the aftermath 
And we haven't seen Belinda or what happened to her when all this right. arrest went down. But the next thing we know, did we say Belinda's moving? She's saying her goodbyes. She's yeah. moving out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's going to move out. She's going to get a condo. Yeah, new new job, same gig, though. She's like, I have a new job. He's like, oh, really? She's like, well, not really, but it's yeah, just it's doing the same you know, thing. It's just a different place. And she just right. mentions an address, and he's like, I've heard of that place. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know it. Okay. Yeah, right. I guess. It's all in the same area, I guess. Okay, so he moves. She's moving. She goes on the elevator. It's a mm-hmm. sad little goodbye where she kind of stares longingly at him. Ooh, yeah, who's that actor? Uh, Vincent Chevalier, right? Is that his name? Is that his name? Yeah. I think that's his name. With the sad he's, eyes. He's ghost. Yes. He, yeah, he's yeah. yelling at people. Like, yeah. Not people, you know, just Patrick Swayze and he jumps Here's on Patrick train. Patrick Swayze, <laughs> right? yeah. But he, he's a sandwich delivery man. And he brings the most angry sandwich delivery man that you could put in a movie. This was would be too. You're delivering this little bag of sandwich. Yeah, it's not even like a whole. It's not even like just a a bag of chips and a drink along with it. It really is just a sandwich. sandwich And when he opens the sandwich, I'm like, this really is just white bread with yeah why did you get this delivered why didn't you just go and pick it up but yeah this is when you were just outside on the street you probably walked by the place but this is when the change starts to ignite right yes so the sandwich gets delivered and it's not the right sandwich and the sandwich delivery guy's kind of rude about it he like smears the sandwich on the (laughs) wall and is like (laughs) tough titties like smears this mustard streak on the wall and is like yeah this is Whatever, it's your problem. Yeah. And Chuck freaks out at him, yells at him, is like, no, you need to clean my sandwich up. You need to get me my real sandwich. It's not even a, it's not a freak out that I buy because I understand you can't have Henry Winkler go from this, you know, nervous, weird, nebbish dude to like a badass in the course of, you know, five minutes in this movie. But like when he goes, you go there. And you clean that mustard off my wall. I'm like, why isn't this guy laughing in his face right now? Because he doesn't sound threatening. He's not even cursing. Like, no. have him just drop a few f bombs. He's just at assertive. This dude. He's just assertive, and he's never been. Okay, before. I guess so that's he's all assertive. You need to do. He's then the dog comes, and he tells the dog to go away. I the do, dog I do like the off. dog. The dog part, which I thought was a stupid gag through this movie. When he finally yells at the dog and tells him to go home and the dog whimpers and walks away, I kind of found That's that when you're like, this yeah. is why. This is why. And now again, we have another version instrumental of That's What Friends Are For, but this time it's a little more upbeat because Chuck's because turned a corner. Because that's what friends are for. And now he goes to the new club that Belinda's working at, and this is quite a club. It's got like a this pool in the, the middle of it. This is the weirdest thing and... I may have ever seen in a movie. And that's saying something. Yeah, it's... There's volcanoes in the background. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be... And I don't know if this it's whole a gentleman's place club, is caveman-themed or if this is just one floor or if it's like Caveman Week and they have different sets that they bring out. Who knows? Every week. It's... It is very strange. But this is when we do get to see a lot of boobies and yeah. a lot of women hanging out in the pool and walking around and all, it's mostly old men too that it's, they're hanging out with. Yeah, it's pretty much all old men. Yeah. And and we get to see Michael Keaton is the towel boy here right. and he swings in like a Tarzan <laughs> towel boy, yeah, I which like I that. love yeah. that when he swings in. Um, so he's got a gig here, too. We don't see Belinda yet. We don't see her for the longest time. No, no, because now uh, when Winkler arrives, the first he sees uh, 
Michael Keaton pretends that he owns the place. Oh, yeah, I just bought this place. It's my partner's over here. Um, Winkler's in a fury. He wants to find... He wants to find Belinda. Where is she? She's, she's opening up all these doors to all these sex rooms where people are having sex. And he's like, where is she? I want to find her. I do like how the whole time uh, Michael Keaton's trying to stop him and Henry Winkler's like, what, what are you talking about? I thought you said you owned this place. He's like, yeah, yeah, but I have partners. I have partners here and I can't get in bad with the partners. You know, they could cut me out of this. He's trying to stop him from just opening all these doors. It's kind of a fun sort of back and forth that they mm-hmm. have here. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't find her. Because she's not there. Like, no. it's it's very bizarre. Finally, she does show up in mm-hmm. her giant fur coat. Mm-hmm. I thought Here's what I thought was going to happen in this movie. I thought time was going to go by, and he was going to realize that he's in love with her and that he should find her. And yeah. so he was going to go to this place to find her and to break her out, as he does. But he was going to find out that she's just like tending bar or something like that. Like, I really uh, thought that's what it was going to be. Like, that's how this was going to end. Well, she does make a turn, though, because like you said, all most of these women, as we mentioned, are topless. Mm-hmm. She's fully dressed in her fur coat. And she seems apprehensive. She seems uncomfortable about this new gig. First of um, all, how would anyone not feel uncomfortable? I was uncomfortable watching this, yeah, Jamie. I was right. like, I don't even want to watch what's happening in this scene, let alone be there. Well, a man hits on her and is trying to get his oh, way yeah. with her. And then Chuck comes and sort of interrupts it and is like, hey, she's with me. Billy comes in and lands on him? He, he tries happen? to like jump on the guy and yeah. just lands on the floor. Yeah. Another, and I'm talking about how I really didn't like the end of this movie, but maybe I liked it more than I thought. When Henry Winkler's threatening this guy, and he just goes, I'm going to give you to the count of three. One. Oh, yeah. The guy punches him right in the face on one. There's something about that that, that made me laugh. But fun, yeah, yeah, he jumps in, falls down, hurts himself. Mm-hmm. The two of them, like, cradle Michael Keaton in their arms together oh, yeah, they, and they then profess- kiss over him. Again, that's what friends are for. That's that is friends are for. You're right. Yeah, because they, they they confess their love for each other right here. I think, and yeah, Michael Keaton's in between them. And then they like walk out of the place. They're well, they like, push the club owner into the oh, water yeah, they first. Do. He comes and is. And then they're yelling "vice raid, vice raid, vice raid." So people are running around and like yeah. falling through walls and everything on their way out. Birds are flying around. There's so many well, birds in this it's place. Tropical. I don't know. That's what friends are for. That is what friends are. And they really do. Like, they leave and walk down the street, and that's what friends are for. And that's that's it, right? Yeah. That's it. That's how this movie ends. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, All right. Night yeah. shift. What did, what did you think in the end? Uh, in the end, I found it to be, I guess, kind of what Aaron was saying. Like, it's not a masterpiece by any Mm-mm. stretch of the imagination, but it was enjoyable. It was fun. I see what you said earlier, how, like, Yes, I was enjoying parts of it, and then parts... I can't even pinpoint, like, well, that shouldn't have been in there, or this is where it started to drag for me. It just... I don't know. I guess this is one of those (laughs) movies... I enjoyed... I had fun watching it. Like, even I told my husband, how do you not enjoy it? Like, it's Henry Winkler, Michael Keaton, they're pimps, and Shelley Long's the prostitute, and I mean, how do you not say this is a fun time? Again, it's like a funfetti cake. After you eat it, then, you're like, oof. Probably didn't need to really have a funfetti cake. Maybe next time I'll go for, like, again, the chocolate mousse. I would say for the first half hour, that's what I was thinking. 
I was yeah. thinking, how have I not seen this? How have I yeah. not heard of this? I need to tell everyone I know to watch this. And then it, it became less and less mm. interesting as it went. Yeah. Because I feel like it was just the same thing over and over and over again. Like I said, once it once it became a little more a little less fun, once it got a little bit depressing, once we got into character sad backstories and stuff, I was kind of out of it. And then I think when they went to that lawyer or DA's office or something, I was like, I, I think I'm done. I think I'm yeah. done now. Like we can just stop. Like take your jobs back at the morgue and put up the end. Play. That's what friends are for. And roll credits. And let me have I'm a small yeah. scene where I see that the I want to see Belinda and Chuck at like the city hall getting married. Sure. And yes. Done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I really I did not need that caveman nonsense at the end. No. No. It was a bit was so bit over weird. the top. Yeah. yeah. But thank you, Aaron. Because yeah, I thank really, you, Aaron. again with every with everything. Um, I am glad I, I watched it. Yeah, I would not have seen this if it weren't for this podcast. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. And sometimes it's in the middle thing. Yeah. And that's what this is. This was a I nice agree. in the middle thing, which is always fine. Uh, so I'm going to recommend a movie if I could. We, you were talking to me earlier. Maybe it was off mic or maybe it was, it was just for patrons. I'm not sure. You were talking to me about um, fully vaccinated or not. Oh, yeah. Um, so the day I got my second vaccination, I settled in for the evening to watch a movie. And there was an old movie. Surprise, surprise. I'm recommending an old movie <laughs> from 1945 called Isle of the Dead, which I always heard was good. So I was like, it's a Boris Karloff movie. And I was like, oh, I'll watch this. I had no idea what it was about. So this movie starts. And this is around the time where I started feeling like, oh, I feel kind of achy and and like you know maybe feverish and everything this movie it's just over an hour long it takes place in 1912 and it's about a group of people that go to an island Mm -hmm. and while on this island they discover that there is a plague loose oh and one by one they die like that's what happens but they can't leave the island because they don't want to spread the plague to other people on the mainland but this whole movie is just like the amount of times they talk about you better wash your hands and they're talking about social distancing never in my life have i watched a movie and been like this movie totally gets me right now. Like it totally understands what is happening. Yeah. yeah, it really was. I will never forget this movie. It's not the greatest, but just because of when I watched it and the circumstances, I was like, I'll never forget this movie for the rest of my life now. So wow, check it It out. It sounds like a very uh, timely, timely tale. The most oddly enough. Uh, so what about you? Any recommendations? Are you recommending people to have sex like you did with our last episode, but perhaps this time with prostitutes? <laughs> that was for different reasons, because I was helping to save relationships. No, no, no. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, listen, sometimes I recommend yoga videos. Sometimes I recommend books. Sometimes I just give you a little life advice. <laughs> sometimes YouTube clips having to do with Olympic bobsledding events. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What do we got this this time? All right. I'm trying to stay a little more mainstream this time, but I feel like I may have already recommended this because I I enjoy this show, so I've I've recommended it to others before, and I may have recommended it already on this podcast. Um, But the the show... um, 
kidding? The Jim Carrey show. It's only it was canceled after two seasons. It was a Showtime um, mm-hmm. Showtime show with Jim Carrey as the star, and he plays this sort of Mister Rogers character okay. who has a mental breakdown. Personally, I think that Carrey does an awesome job. Uh, Catherine Kinnear's in it, and I love her. Oh, I forget the dude's name. I can't think of the actor's name right now, but he was in Weeds. He's in it. Um, and it, it gets a little raunchy, but it really, um, it, it, I don't, I, I, again, I think that it's a, mm-hmm. a great role for, for Jim Carrey. And I think it's an interesting premise that this wholesome guy, this Mr. Rogers, I think he's Mr. Pickles is his character name, um, just, just breaks it down. And there's some interesting, cause there's puppetry in there. And mm-hmm. so there's some interesting and some songs, that go along and again, it's only two seasons and I just read when I was looking it up, I read that it was canceled because it didn't, a lot of people didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to recommend that maybe you do. It's just two seasons now that are out there. All so right. it's a quick, uh, quick little watch. It's, it could get heavy mm-hmm. and even mm-hmm. though it's Jim Carrey, it's not like goofy Carrey, uh, but uh, enjoyable. I it's thought. only, it's only heavy when he tells you that vaccines are harmful. There you have it. A real recommendation. A real and actual recommendation of something you might be able to find. Right. Unlike the time that you recommended a movie that was never made but should probably (laughs) be made. (laughs) I think that was a documentary, too. You're like, I don't think there's a documentary on this, but somebody should make it. So, Jamie, uh, guess what? Yeah. Uh, It's, it's, listen, we, you and I um, have been trying to sort of put something together for the summer. So maybe Mm -hmm. we haven't really done uh, some things that we normally do, which is for our anniversary episodes, we normally give some suggestions or we like put three or four movies out there for the listeners to vote on. We didn't do that. We're so Mm -hmm. wrapped up with, I'm going to blame Lace again for taking all of our time and energy and thought away. It was a whole mini-series, yeah. Yeah. Uh So we didn't do that this time. So I just got to pick something. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, we are working on something for the summer. We'll see how that works out. But it, it might be a whole. It's not going to be a summer of sequels again because we don't want to do that again. Uh-huh. That was, that was a, a giant mistake. Um, so for our sixth anniversary wow. episode. Six years. Beautiful. I figured let's. Do a big one. Let's knock out a big movie now. And let's talk about 16 Candles. <gasps> wow. It's the best I could do. It's the closest thing to some sort of You worked it in there. You worked it in there. I like it. That I could possibly come up with. And it is something that a lot of people have asked us to talk about, you know, since we started this thing. And uh, I know we tend to avoid... Bigger titles or movies we've seen before, because I don't, I don't know about you, but I just love to see different things. Like I, I agree. Like this, this, yeah. this night shift was like a I great was, example I, of that. And, yeah. and again, it's not to say that we can't talk about movies that we know. I really, the more I think about, it, the more I really enjoyed our Back to the Future conversation. Oh like, yeah, for a movie we've seen probably dozens of times each, possibly. Mm-hmm. Like that was so much fun. So maybe we could do that with Sixteen Candles. But then, I'm not even sure I've ever seen it, to be honest. I've never seen it. 
Oh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we did it. We did it. We, I'm going to say we asked you to vote on a bunch of movies we never saw. You picked 16 Candles, and guess what? We're going to do it. It's one of those movies that got <laughs> under, like, I think I've admitted this too, that Heather's is another movie that I've never seen, and I always had to play off like I have because everyone else has, and I'm like, yeah, sure, seen it. So this, this uh, podcast creates a great opportunity for me to... You know what's funny about that? You want to knock out Shannon Doherty's 80s filmography on this show? We do Heathers and it's done. No, <laughs> let's do let's and, get that. We got to put yeah. that. We should I mean, put like, that one on the book. There's a lot of TV movies on there. But her feature films, theatrically yeah. released, since we did Girls Just Want to Have Fun and now we did Night Shift, all we got left is Heathers for her. So. All right. Wow, I can't believe neither of us have seen 16 Candles. Or maybe I have. This could be something where I start to watch it and I realize... Oh, yeah, I saw this. Same here. Same but here. I, I'm a little afraid that maybe I haven't. Yeah, but I don't think so. I, I don't know. I Yeah, I, I could find out that I saw this halfway through watching it, or it could be a first-time watch, and I'd be super excited to do that. So. It's coming at you next. Yeah, that's it. And at the end of that episode, we will tell you guys what we're going to do for the summer. We'll see how that all works out. We're still working on a few things here, but uh, we'll let you know. That's it. And that's how yeah. we end the show. It's that's just it. me rambling on until I say, until we talk to you guys again in two weeks. Have a great two weeks. Everybody. Take good care. Oh, I never thought I'd feel this way. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad I've got a chance to say that I do believe I love you. And if I should ever go away Well then close your eyes and try To feel the way we do today And then if you can remember Keep smiling, keep shining Barney Rubble, what an actor. Oh, man, what was that movie? Just my favorite movie we've ever done on the podcast. <laughs>